Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yehudim, Shalom Lebedei Noach, Shalom Legoyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Kafches Bechodesh Nisan, Parashas Tazriya Matzorah, Tavshin Pei Gimel, 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 18 April 2023. You're listening to The Phantom Nation, the first in the uh, latest in a series of six podcasts sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. On uh, IsraelNewsRadio.com, coming to you from Israel on the evening following Israel's official Holocaust Remembrance Day, which in Hebrew more properly is known as Holocaust and Heroism Remembrance Day. The uh, new Jews in the atheist-founded state of Israel did not want to be seen as only uh, the victims and not those who fought back. Israeli atheists like these commonly held uh, the victims of the Holocaust, Jewish victims, in contempt for not fighting back, which only displays their ignorance. This was simply impossible. Israel New Jew leftists sneered at the victims for walking into the gas chambers like sheep, which was part of a more generalized disdain for the Jewish religion, which the Marxists among them blamed for the creation of anti-Semitism. You know, Jews claim they're the chosen people, they're better than everybody else, Jew bangers around the world, because, as Marx said, Jews don't worship the God of their Bible, but the God of Mammon. Jew bankers like the Rothschilds, who lend money to Europe's kings, to finance their vain, glorious wars, and the Jews did not care how many people died in them. That was the Marxists. For the hardcore Israeli Zionist left, their goal was to rescue the Jews from being Jewish, changing them into non-Jews. As Europe's uh, Christian intellectuals had in their Age of Enlightenment, which was a euphemism for their loss of faith in Christianity, the Zionist left wanted that for the Jewish people too. In 1967, uh, the iconic new Israeli Jew Moshe Dayan, the first child born in a commune, a kibbutz, the new Jew, uh, who was no capitalist but a man of the soil and a soldier, uh, even a war hero, in June 67, Moshe Dayan ordered the Israeli flag removed from the Dome of the Rock and dictatorially returned the site uh, of our two temples to the Muslims, who had stolen it in the 7th century. Uh, Dayan said, the Temple Mount has no religious meaning to Israelis, only historic. Thirty-three years later, that's almost a biblical generation. Dayan's uh, successor as chief of staff, uh, as minister of defense, was Ehud Barak. Also a child of atheists who grew up in a commune, uh, he at the time at Camp David offered the Temple Mount to Arafat as part of a, part of a peace deal with Israel continuing to pray at the Western Wall, which Barak the Ignoramus did not understand is not the Jewish people's holiest site. Uh, It's the wall of a civil engineer way back when meant to keep the sides of the mount from crumbling. Not only is it not the Jewish people's holiest place, it's a mournful reminder, a monument to the destruction of our two temples and our expulsion for the next 18 centuries and counting We are still in the exile so long as we do not compel the Muslims to vacate our holiest site. Dayan's return of the Temple Mount reflected his de-Judaized soul, but also the unholy arrogance 
of such Jews like him. Dayan's statement back then reflected his belief that the only true Israelis were atheists. The Temple Mount uh, has no religion to such people, he said, and this is the same offensive arrogance of the disruptors in Israel these recent weeks who believe they have the right to disrespect the opposition's victory in the last election. They see themselves as so elevated they have the right to rule over the benighted masses who voted for that charitable Bibi as their closed shop of high court uh, believes it has the right to cancel laws passed by the representatives of the citizenship in the National Assembly elected by the citizens. Uh, the high court knows better. And interestingly enough, uh, this divide in the Jewish people here is over the state's Jewish identity, which is exclusively the property of religious people that do not recognize the non-religious quest for a new Jew redefined as one without religion. The hostility to the reforms here reflects the fear among the atheists that a new court will allow the religion of the Jews to occupy a more respectful place in this state. This is the thing with these uh, Marxists uh, who believed that they knew better than the God of Israel how to raise children, not in nuclear families, but communally. A baby born in a socialist kibbutz spent the first, I think, six weeks with his mother and then was removed to the children's dormitory. The socialists knew better. And when it came to national identity and politics, they believed those two Marxists, Paris and Obin, they had the power in 1993 to get the barbaric sub-civilized Arabs to become friendly neighbors by giving them the spoils of war that Israel took in 1967, giving it to them for an independent state, giving it to these butchers of thousands of Jews and satanic terrorist horrors. Someone once said Marxists have no sense of the human person, and I add, uh, or of its distortions, for Israel's atheists who brought down the Oslo abomination on us, they believed it was within their power to transform these cruel, consciousless beasts on two feet. Today, uh, there were two more attempts to murder Jews in our holy city. Knifed, shot, I think. The prime minister and Israelis uh, annoyingly keep referring to these murderers as terrorists. And the other day, for the umpteenth time, Netanyahu said Israel was in a war on terrorism, which is nonsense. There's no such thing as terrorism. Uh, and ism is a political ideology. No group, Arabs included, want a society of terror. The way socialists want a socialist society. Uh, it is a way of life. Uh, there is no group in the world that lay, waves the banner of terrorism as their ideology. Banners uh, that the homicidal here do wave are Islamic green, and the black and white ones uh, are for, I think, the Al-Qaeda cult or uh, ISIS. And then there's the uh, tricolor flag of the hologramic Palestinians. Israelis want peace, but that cannot happen until the country becomes more truly Jewish and demolishes the anti-Semitic house of cards that is the Palestinian identity. The problem is, these new Jew Zionists, Bibi included, uh, though he's too intelligent economically to be a socialist, the new Jew Zionists believe they can transform the enemy 180 degrees and at the same time placate world anti-Jewry, such as the Biden administration, who just on Sunday urged Israel to implement the long-suspended agreement to upgrade and formalize, in the words of the Leftist Times of Israel report, 
to formalize an egalitarian prayer space at the Orthodox-controlled Western Wall in Jerusalem. Uh, you see, Joe Biden and other international leaders believe they have the right to dictate to Jews how they run their religion. And I ask, uh, where in all the revered Jewish texts is it uh, written and studied over thousands of years a concept of a, quote, egalitarian prayer space? Jews are known to pray in a shul, a, a base midrash, a, a synagogue. What this verbal abomination <laughs> reflects is the subtle anti-Orthodox lie that Orthodox Judaism does not treat women equally. Well, it's true that Jews do make a distinction between the sexes when it comes, for example, to uh, circumcision. They only do that to one sex. I guess that's sexist of them. And likewise, uh, they respect a woman's body and her holy monthly cycle, and that respect is denied the men. Classical Jewishness, which I believe is a more accurate translation of Yahadus than Judaism, because this is a religion and it's not an ism, which commonly is man-made ideology, socialism, anarchism, anarcho-cynicalism, communism, etc., versus humble Yiddishkeit, which is not man-made. One of the pillars of my own belief as a Jew is the five books that I read every year and discover each time new facets that convince me that what I was taught in, in two of the best universities in the world about the Bible was a lie. The so-called higher criticism denied Moshe existed. Moshe the scribe recording the voice of God. They taught, um, no, there were different versions of the stories in the five books that were edited together by rabbis after the return from the Babylonian exile. When what I discover each year is that this book is unique in human history for being inhumanly brilliant. There's a genius at work in every verse and knowledge of all kinds of things. Marine life, agriculture, the anatomy of animals, and an understanding of human psychology that dwarfs all human psychologists put together. Today was Israel's official Holocaust Remembrance Day, what, uh, with little reference to what uh, may have brought it on. That is happening again.
that was simply Tzfat. Yeah, uh, what is happening, again, I'm afraid, is a massive flight from Jewishness, a tsunami of intermarriage. That is a kind of relapse into the same Jewish pathology in the age of the Maccabees, the Hellenist temptation. There was massive intermarriage in 19th century Germany, which led to Auschwitz. And I suspect the anti-Semitism erupting in America and elsewhere in the world today is also a function of uh, intermarriage. Today we learned that Norway is on the verge of withdrawing like a trillion dollars from the Israeli economy with the excuse that the judicial reforms uh, have destabilized the country. Uh, there is therefore among us uh, the de facto BDS types. We do not lack for supporters of the BDS desire to cripple Israel's economy. These are internal enemies. The bright side for yours truly in this aggression is the arrogance of Israel's enemies, the worldwide criticism. They have the right to dictate to Israel how we should organize our society, how we choose our judges, uh, with no lack of non-religious American Jews leading the uh, hostile ones inside the country. Take, for example, the handiwork of the anti-Semitic bootleg of Obama, Jonathan Greenblatt, head of the once respectable Anti-Defamation League, his outfit has just published a report on anti-Semitism that includes an attack on Itamar Ben-Gvir, which is simply disgusting. In the report's forward, there's what the leftist uh, Times of Israel site writes, quote, a thinly veiled comparison between Ben-Gvir and European fascists, close quote. Times of Israel says this year at Israel uh, saw the former disciples of the late racist Rabbi Meir Kahana who introduced Nazi-like legislation into the Knesset. Uh, in an e earlier report, ADL says, we wrote the Israeli governments were always reserved in their engagements with European parties with fascist roots. And the Israeli political parties with similar roots cannot be expected to be treated differently. Since then, the members of um, the Otzma Yehudit, the Jewish Strength Party of Ben Gvir, the report says, have, quote, polluted Israeli public discourse with chilling racist expressions that would lead to the immediate termination of their political careers and other democracies, close quote. This is outrageous. Fascism, Nazism. This is one extended lie. And I'm no fan of Ben Gavir, and I wish he was not in politics. The Times of Israel report itself refers to him as a, quote, a right-wing extremist, and proof of that, uh, for them, is the fact that in 2007, Ben Gavir was convicted of incitement to racism for holding a sign of protest reading, Expel the Arab Enemy, close quote. Which I think exhibits the sub-rosa anti-Semitism of Israel's anti-religious elite. All Ben Gavir is asking for is that the people who murder us all the time leave. This is anti-Semitism for denying the right of Jews to hate the enemy who murders them and their children all the time. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting the Arabs to leave our country. It is human. But of course we Jews are. Greedy and deny pity for the victims of our national revival. It's wrong not to love the ancient Palestinians and want the best for their welfare. And never mind, 71% in a recent poll of the Muslims in Hawara, when polled, applauded the cold-blooded murder of two young Jewish brothers. 
Wouldn't we have a better, more tranquil life if all these Arabs were persuaded to leave? What Jonathan Greenblatt and anti-Jew Jews like him likely do not know is that Rabbi Kahana's plan, calling for the transfer of Arabs to west of the Jordan, to those east of the Jordan, was exactly the plan of a diplomat in 1923 who won a Nobel Peace Prize for designing and promoting the transfer of millions of Muslim Turks and Greek Christians, mostly in the Balkans and Turkey, as a solution to the constant friction between both communities in which there was a mix of Greeks and Turks. The Norwegian Fridtjof Nansen uh, believed that separating the two communities was the solution, get the Greeks living in Turkey and the Turks living in Greece to switch sides. And that's what happened. Then two decades, decades later as well, the British agreed to independence for India and the creation of a state cut out of classical India just for Muslims, calling it Pakistan, which decision triggered, once again, millions of Hindus and Muslims moving, moving their homes. In 1945, the victorious allies ordered 10 million ethnic Germans living in European countries other than Germany to become refugees, moving into the new shrunken Germany, leaving behind all the removable property for which they would never be compensated, and this as punishment for their participation in the war with the invading Germans. So what is so terrible about imagining that the roughly 4 million Arabs west of the river, uh, moving them to the east of the river, into the kingdom of Jordan, where there would be zero problem learning the language, no problems in adapting to a new cuisine, no problem finding a mosque to pray in. This would be the easiest refugee community in the world. So why the ugly lying about Ben Gavir as a racist? Rabbi Khanna, who I also was no fan of, but I do respect the ideas in his books, as a politician, he was a failure. A good politician does not get himself expelled from the National Assembly. My late friend and martyr, Rechavam Zaevi, Hashem Yikom Demo, also stood for the transfer of the Arabs in our country, out of the country. But he, by contrast, was friendly with all kinds of Israelis. You know, Greenblatt's need to smear Ben Gavir as a racist, even Nazi-like, reflects the common Jewish-Israeli left recoil from anything that resonates with Jewish nationalism and patriotism because such types fear being called greedy Jews who will not share the Holy Land with non-Jews. And never mind, Jews should have the same right to a mono-religious state as, say, the Saudis have. How many non-Muslims are citizens in Saudi Arabia, homeland of Islam? Israel will have the right to have the same percentage of non-members of our religion uh, in our country as the Muslims do in theirs. Why is Saudi Arabia not accused of apartheid? for denying non-Muslims equal citizenship. Saudi Arabia and lots of other Muslim states. When Greenblatt represents what he represents is the Israeli left for whom the Israeli identity is not that of a religious people, but a universalist community that makes no distinction between Jews and non-Jews. You know, the English historian Edward Gibbon, author of his famous Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, believed, as many still do, that Jews are taught to hate all non-Jews. Greenblatt and the Israeli left want Israel to be just like all the other nations, which means shedding its authentically Jewish, that is, religious identity, and the biblical commandment to be a kingdom of priests. Consider the unacknowledged hypocrisy of the disruptors here, the disrupting life in Israel, waving Israeli flags and fearing what they call in Hebrew hadatah, the 
religionization of Israeli society. They wave the Israeli flag and disrupt Israeli life and applaud the BDS assault on Israel's economy by fellow Israelis, never seeing the contradiction between their philosophy and the flag they bear, which displays two religious symbols, the shield of David, a most religious fellow, and the two stripes inspired by the prayer shawl, like the shofar, like a kiddush cup, like a Hanukkah lamp of eight candles, like the fringes men wear. All of them are emblems of Jewishness. All of them are religious in content.
And that was Carmen Naor and Hillick Frank. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. So uh, next week, uh, some big shots in the secular Jewish federations of North America will be here on a junket. Uh, they will have a little conference uh, during Independence Day week. And they have invited the prime minister to attend and speak to them, but not before fending off an angry faction among them that wants to bar Netanyahu from the conference because of his desire to destroy Israeli democracy with his so-called judicial reforms. Indeed, there has been no lack of American Jews uh, with a platform who support the disruptors, sends the money, and that's because just about all of the disruptors and their supporters are not observant. For them, their Jewish identity is not a seriously religious part of their lives. There must be millions of Americans who are logically Jews, but do not live Jewish lives, and worse, they are exterminating the community via intermarriage. And never mind that as far back as Abraham and Sarah and Yitzchak and Rivka, a proper wife for a Jewish son was basic to their worldview. Not so for the current American Jews who uh, serve in the uh, Jew Boy office in Washington and get nominated and appointed as U.S. Ambassador Tom Nides was appointed, taking up his post when uh, he said of his family, uh, he, his wife, and two children, we're not religious, we're reform. <laughs> and then there is U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, likewise intermarried, who issued a statement on this day, quote, when hatred and violence against Jews spreads, other minorities are really far behind. Among the most powerful lessons we can learn from the Holocaust is that the mass murder of six million Jews was not a sudden or singular act, but rather the culmination of countless incremental steps designed to vilify and dehumanize, not Jews, dehumanize people. That's why we must remember, he said, now and always, we remember that and honor the six million Jews and the millions of others the Nazis murdered, including Roma, the gypsies, and the LGBTQI plus persons, Slavs and persons with disabilities. We find in uh, their memory the strength, he said, to stand against all forms of anti-Semitism, there's more than one, uh, hatred and bigotry and to insist the Holocaust is remembered and taught accurately, close quote. This is the standard verbal formula in our generation of remembering the Holocaust and simultaneously diminishing it. This is most apparent every January 27 when the UN invented Holocaust Remembrance Day is accompanied by scores of foreign governments issuing statements like this one that begin with the word Holocaust and anti-Semitism and then turn away and reference other unacceptable behaviors like racism and bigotry to LGBTQI plus persons, Slavs, people with disabilities. Today's anti-Jew spirit denies Jews the right to exclusive ownership of their own history and tragedy, as they have no right to an exclusive ownership of Jerusalem, which is holy to the three great Abrahamic monotheistic faiths. That's another lie. For the intermarried Blinken, the Holocaust is about hatred and bigotry toward all kinds of groups. Ergo, the Jews have no monopoly on victimhood. Obama's hitman, 
rather hit woman at the United Nations, Samantha Power, got the job by writing a book listing more than a half dozen genocides. By implication, the Holocaust of the Jews was not unique. Obama surely liked that. By implication, the Jews are not unique. They're not the chosen people chosen for a unique history and treatment by others. This is Holocaust remembrance as a vehicle for anti-Semitism.
And that was David Gerwitz. Okay, this has been podcast number one in the latest series of six weekly podcasts of Phantom Nation, the title as well of a book of the same name, sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. More than one reader has called this book the best ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. For those who appreciate these podcasts and have the heart to help support an old man with some tzedakah by subscribing for three such podcasts a week, each costing the bargain basement price of $1.25, check out www.phantom-nation.com. I'll be back next Wednesday, God willing, for the second podcast in this series. Until then, have a good week, and I'm Shai Ben Tekoa. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.